Welcome to the Overreact Podcast. In a society that puts women in a box, let's overreact. And let's overreact because we all have ovaries. The exciting Overreact Podcast is back. Welcome and welcome back. It's season two. Your host, Monica Mwaya, Angela Wambui, and Lash Angela. So we're so excited to be back in studio once again. Of course, celebrating women in leadership positions. It's said that one should love what you do and do what you love because something new and different requires a level of drive and passion that's really hard to fake. When your heart's behind what you're doing, so much is possible. Absolutely, absolutely. And today we are overreacting over the challenges um, and even opportunities for African women in tech. And I'm so excited. So basically, I was moderating a Startup Week Africa conference and I met this amazing, known as the relatable cybersecurity queen, aka Confidence Stavely, who's actually from Nigeria. And she has agreed to join us in the studios today. Um, Confidence is a cyber talent developer, award-winning cybersecurity professional, author, social entrepreneur who's facilitating safe and inclusive digital access in Africa. Welcome to the studio, Confidence. Thank you. I love you here. <laughs> I love it. So tell us a little bit more about yourself and do share one interesting um, fact about you. Okay. So um, my name is Confidence Stavely. Um, uh, I'm a mother. Um, I'm a wife as well. But even more interestingly, I I enjoy supporting women, and um, and I'm 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 really just into the cybersecurity space to ensure that people are safe online. Um, people have the skills to be able to take the opportunities in this space, and I mean it's been quite a beautiful journey um, being in this field and doing all the amazing work that I get um, the unique opportunity to do daily. I love it. If you were because we're talking about women in leadership positions, so mm-hmm. let's start off by what was your definition of leadership. Okay, I think leadership is the ability to, I mean, context of an ability, but leadership is sort of like an ability to um, see the future um, and shape it and sell that vision of the future to people, um, be able to coordinate other people around that vision and make it happen. See, close enough to make it feel like real like today and be able to get other people interested working towards it. Um, I think very strongly that's my definition of leadership, the ability to be able to scale that change mm-hmm. from just your mind where it's sitting and it's cooking to getting other people very passionate enough about it to go on that journey with you, intellectualizing that change. I love it. I love it. Amazing. So, confidence from of Legos in the house. Hey. Welcome to 254. <laughs> and we love it uh, when we invited another woman, uh, of course, to overreact with us. And we are, you know, no, are going to talk about uh, tech uh, challenges and barriers women face. Mm-hmm. And according to UNDP, in 2019, women in tech industry only constituted of 28% of in the professional sector mm-hmm. and worldwide, globally. But in sub-Saharan Africa, they make up only 30% of mm-hmm. people in tech. And in me reading about this uh, data, I remember on Twitter, I saw something that, you know, when women, they are fixing something very, very small. small. <laughs> so, and then men are like, oh, women in, in tech. tech. <laughs> <laughs> so, we are overreacting around the notion mm-hmm. that, you know, women cannot code, women can be geeks, mm-hmm. uh, women can, you know, 
be in a space like the, you are mm-hmm. in like cyber security mm-hmm. and we don't know how to crack codes mm-hmm. interestingly I'm also a woman in tech I Ooh. did my uh, undergrad <laughs> is uh, business and ICT okay. uh, but I can't code anything but I'm still a woman in tech anyway. and you don't have to know how to code to be exactly. a woman in tech <laughs> and there are so many women right now that are going into I think there's a revolution around mm-hmm. Um, black women especially going mm-hmm. and breaking into tech. Uh, so tell us what really motivated you to go in tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you have your undergrad, your master's. Uh, yes, talk to us why you went into that space and how you include women. Um, I mean, it's very interesting that you use the word revo- uh, revolution. You know, it's, it's actually a revolution. But back in the day where I started out, it was honestly by mistake it was an accident to get into this field mm. and i would share the accident a very be- beautiful accident i think i want to have more of those <laughs> 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 but i'm i was i just finished a high school and my parents were like because i used to really live in a hood um and my parents were worried about me running around with the boys and everything they were like you know what take a gap here but in that gap here make sure you get engrossed in something that's keeping you busy so you know you don't get distracted by the boys and maybe get pregnant you know so my parents said you know go to that computer school that was what they used to call it and just to give you some really good context my parents don't hold a degree none of them holds a degree but they really wanted me to have very great education and my parents had fantasized for so long about me being a medical doctor they had sold that dream so much to me (laughs) that I actually thought I wanted to be a medical doctor (laughs) you know so I was applying to this school and in that gap here you know what I said you know, said go and do this computer thing and I realized that was the first time I touched a computer right I was taught how to code and everything and my eyes were light up literally like the lighting of right now I'm speaking about it you know I was always so excited about knowing how to use computers coding I started learning programming languages when I sat down to write code I was always so happy so you know what I did my mission came out to do medicine in that school and I didn't have a computer at the time because I couldn't afford one so I would go to the place to practice my skills and learn more so I made um, a presentation out of cardboards oh yeah (laughs) to go tell my parents that you know what I know this has always been your dream and you're living vicariously through me (laughs) but you know this is what makes me happy and I want to go for my passion I want to be in tech I want to be in IT I want to study IT right and there was no, around us at that time, there was no um, case point. There was no re- point of reference. Yes. So this is how it's worked. So you know what? It's going to be a great future for your daughter. There was no such reference. So I did my research, did those cardboards, and did my presentation. I love My it. parents didn't understand half of what I was saying, but they could tell how happy I was oh. and how passionate um, I was. And they knew, I mean, if you if you put passion in everything, it's like gasoline. Yes. It will catch fire. And anyone who is passionate about anything is definitely going to be successful. So my parents had that on standing and you were like you know what okay you're going to ditch this admission what do you want to do and i said i want to i want to go ahead and do a diploma in software engineering which i did and after that i'm going to do a top-up year in a university in um, um in middlesex and and get a degree and that was what i did but you know again to give you some context and how the whole universe works you know when you sort of have that vision and passion for yourself my parents could not there was no way my parents could afford me a degree in in the kind of schools I got. Mm-hmm. But then I also got a scholarship. Amazing. Yeah, so I went to school, uh, did my first degree at University of Middlesex in IT and Business Information Systems. I came out with a first class. And so when I came back, um, I got another scholarship and went back again to do a master's in IT management and got again a distinction. So that was how I got into tech but during my masters right um when we're asked to pick electives um there were options right but because i had done an it and business information systems first degree my my electives at the time were very similar 
to the ones I had picked earlier. I'd done earlier on during my first degree. Mm-hmm. So um, I looked at what was going to be challenging, what was new for me. Mm-hmm. Because for me, it that excitement of challenges is what is the adrenaline pump for me. I just want to be on my toes. And I think that's why tech is specifically very interesting for me. There are always new things to learn and it's exciting. So I wanted that thrill. So I looked for the one that wasn't familiar and it was cryptography. Mm-hmm. So uh, the guys were like, you know what? That's a, an all boys thing. It's very really? tough. The guy, I mean, the, the lecturer is very tough on people. You're not going to do well. I'm like, you know what? Do the people they have two heads? Yeah. If they don't have two heads, I'm going to girl. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guy. Mm-hmm. You know. So I I went and I took that elective. That was my breaking point into cybersecurity. My my uh, my teacher at the time became my mentor. I mean, he's doing great things down in the UK, um, protecting critical national infrastructure. But yes. at that time, he was my mentor and really really just helped me grow. So that was how I accidentally got into tech and got into cybersecurity. But it's been such a beautiful journey. I, I'm leaving. Do you find we yourself? Feel <laughs> <laughs> okay, love, I love like the, feel the passion. Yeah. 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 Do you find yourself like, especially when you were studying at the time? Did you find um, there was less women? Like, what would you have said was the percentage? Oh, we're only two women out of so many guys when you were studying. When I was studying, so wow. and and it was like you know how people. F- tend to always feel like the way we're treated as though you know what hand them the water bottles sorry hand them the um, um the milk bottles mm-hmm. while we do the hard stuff mm-hmm. you know let's go soft on them you mm-hmm. know they are not exactly cut out for these kind of things and I, w- I will constantly have to fight with that I mean this was a developed country even though we're having this kind of experiences because yeah, you said Middlesex so that you did it yes, in the UK yeah so it was it was that kind of thing and everyone thought you know what give them the really soft things let's go for the heart the, the bones and mm. you know they will take the milk they don't need that kind of hot stuff mm. you know but um i mean it, it also helped me i mean in that time it also helped me come out of my head and know i have to be successful at this thing not just because i love it but because if more women see if younger women see yeah. women out there it's a case point it's a reference point that if this pos- if this is possible for her mm-hmm. then it is possible for me so mm-hmm. for me i i clearly saw the place i stood as a representation the power of representation mm-hmm. in driving this revolution like many other women have done with me and are doing right now as well absolutely amazing. i love it amazing wow. i you know representation like you said does matter mm-hmm. and um, we're seeing a shift more recently mm-hmm. so globally there has been a big shift in stem based subjects in schools where schools are really working to engage you know young girls on these topics um, and your cyber safe foundation mm-hmm. um, you have a program called cyber girls yes mm-hmm. um, so tell us more about this particular program and what findings that you've discovered um, in the countries where your program exists which mm-hmm. include Nigeria Ghana South Africa Egypt Rwanda Zambia and also right here in Kenya Yes. <laughs> just to put some context as well to all of this Kenya is, have, is where we have most of our most talented girls Ooh. yeah we have girls that okay. code in Python and are adding on cybersecurity on it we have girls who do not know how to code and are lawyers that have come in and are going to come out of our program as, uh, as cybersecurity governance risk and ah, compliance experts so it's, it's very exciting to see um, this kind of mix and, and I think that's what I was saying to you earlier on I mean there's this, con- there's this notion that people need to know how to code. I mean, I do know how to code, but trust me, that doesn't make me more techie than someone who doesn't. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So there are many sites to tech and there are many sites to cybersecurity. Some of them require you to have 
technical, very, very technical skills. While some may not require you to have that much technical skills, but it's not less important. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I have found out do working across the seven countries you have mentioned is that women just want to learn. Women want to have a beautiful future. And what I've also learned is that women are capable of doing just about anything. I mean, in CyberGirls, um, a line in our mantra is... Um, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a problem solver. Nothing is too difficult for me to master. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the truth. I mean, part of the things they say every day. And the more they're saying it as mantras, they get to believe it. Yeah. That nothing is too difficult for them to master. You know, so we have also seen that women um, need to be shown tech as an option. Most times they already shut themselves out in their heads because of all of the myths we've had to, we've had to see them absorb and normalize and agree with that are not true. Yeah. Um, so once you show them that this is an opportunity give them an opportunity to also taste it because i mean tech is not for everyone to be very honest if it's not for you it's not for you but let's have women exposed enough to this thing to be able to tell for themselves past the myth is this thing for me Mm. and what we have seen is that increasingly women are seeing that "Ah, right i can do it here i I mean um, and when they get opportunities they do so well yeah, absolutely. I'll give you an example. Uh, we recently had an open day where the girls were demoing their um, their skills in cybersecurity with investigating cybersecurity incidents. And you need to see the way these girls were doing. They were doing it so well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, one of the key things also we have seen is that we're not supporting women because it's some nice fancy thing none of this to do. But because actually women need support. They're up against the obvious task of making a good thing out of themselves. Yeah. Um, and I'll give you examples of some of the things we've seen. Um you see, you are raising children, right? You have boys and girls in a home, right? In the typical African scenario, the girl wakes up in the morning. Um, and I'll give you a very real example. She goes to fetch firewood to make food. Yep. She goes to the spring to fetch water. Yep. Um, she makes food that morning. But her brother does what? Her brother wakes up, goes to have a shower. And wears his clothes and goes to wherever he wants to go to school or whatever. Do those two people arrive school the same way? No. no. Exactly. So this is what girls begin to face from the home. Like from when they're children to when they're teens to when they're young adults. And we have many of these challenges. Girls are less likely to have access to computing devices. Girls are less likely to have their education prioritized in the homes where, they, where their parents are. Where they're from. Like, the, like their homes. Mm-hmm. Um, girls have to sacrifice education for their brothers in some cases mm-hmm. i mean i've seen many of these cases across africa and so when we support women guys um we are not doing it because it's some nice thing to do and this is also where i want to call on not just women supporting women but men becoming allies of women yes. we need to support women because they need to be supported and that's just the the beginning right Absolutely. let's go to mid-level career women are having children and having to sacrifice dropping out of their careers for you know for their families mm-hmm. and this is why we need all of the support to ensure that women are not existing for just you know just existing just, sake you yeah, know just to give birth exactly we have dreams of our own and we we have those things we want to achieve with our careers and while also enjoying the beauty of having family for example mm-hmm. it doesn't make us want to be less we, we're not less we just want to live life fully and so we need everyone's support to actually support these women from the stage in which i'm supporting cyber girls right and, and really coordinating other women and men in our industry to support we need this across all of the tech sectors and across it. the time not just it. beginning but meet career and every stage women need to be supported what age group do you look for what what oh like cyber girls like what's the age group okay so the age group we currently are catering to is 18 to 28 
Okay. Um, so the key goal for for cyber girls is that uh, women gain the skills, the training for free. Because again, like I said, the cost uh, of getting cybersecurity training generally is going to be a deterrent to getting women in. Mm-hmm. Uh, women, I said, for example, are sacrificing going to school to have their brothers go to school. Mm-hmm. You know, many of those kind of scenarios, right? So we are, we're removing that the barrier of that by just ensuring that girls get in for free. Yeah. So that's one barrier taken off. The next barrier is mentorship. Yeah. We are able to provide global mentorship on the program. We have our mentors across four four continents: Africa, Asia, um, 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 Europe, you know, and Americas as well. Yeah. So you you'll find that you're living in Africa as a girl, but you are able to access a mentorship within your continent or outside of your continent, giving you a global feel in your mind from the start of your career. Mm-hmm. The next key thing we do is we tr- we place them in um, opportunities to earn an income and to start their careers. So after the program, they get placed in organizations across the world some of them working virtually some of them working physically in the spaces where um they've been placed so with that we're able to take girls from ground zero into the industry to tip the skill i mean you talked about the numbers in cyber security is worse off mm. um so in cyber security we have 80 percent of the jobs held by men <laughs> Right. And who are, like, you know, as you're talking, I'm just thinking the mm-hmm. heightened vulnerabilities that women have from, you know, the household, navigating the world. And mm-hmm. then um, most of the uh, cyber attacks, mm-hmm. because women have, vun- uh, they're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So it means that we have to protect ourselves. Because, exactly. you know, men, you know, they will hack your email, mm-hmm. uh, leak your nudes. You exactly. know, there's so many things <laughs> that women face in a digital space and mm-hmm. I think um, the more numbers we have and more women come on board the more we're able to we innovate have a force. Exactly, exactly innovate to solve these mm-hmm. problems mm-hmm. and I think that's also when we talk about diversity in tech we're not talking about it because it's just it's just nice to have people of different kinds but because when we have a diverse workforce. What happens is we begin to think about the problems from multiple perspectives because, I mean, for us, it's real, right? Mm. We can only describe it to the men what we face in the digital space. Mm-hmm. But for us, it's every day is like what we see, right? And then because we have women in the workforce, we become intentional about creating solutions and innovating for mm. uh, protecting women as well. And that's one of the key reasons why diversity is a must. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like... So you've had you've had a long career within cybersecurity, and you've been very specific around the fraud and cyber attack. Mm-hmm. And you know we can't you know summarize all your trials and triumphs in one recording, but there have been moments that have shaped you, especially as an African woman in tech, because that's the area that we're focusing on. Mm-hmm. What are those moments that you can say that shaped you and made and said, you know what, I'm here to stay, and I want to continue changing the narrative and bring along other African girls and women. Okay, so I think I'm going to share my most recent um, a moment. Um, one of the girls on the Cyber Girls program didn't know how to turn on a computer when she came in. Okay. Literally. How old was she? She was 20. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and this is commonplace also as well. Um, some girls, like I said, don't have access to these devices. Mm. Um, so she came into the program not knowing how to turn on the computer. And she, she, the first day she came on the program, we didn't know until she graduated. She wrote a note that she wanted to be the best she wanted to come out overall best. And she was going to dedicate five hours extra every day studying. Mm. So this girl will come into, into class and study, like spend the time studying in our hubs. And again, she didn't have a computer. So one of the things we try to bridge is we provide that infrastructure. Mm. Um, so she came into, come into her hubs and study every day and go home. Um, would you believe it? This girl actually graduated her best person, best talent for that year. Amazing. And then that was when she showed us that. And for me, 
it had tears running down my cheeks. She is currently um, an ethical hacker working to test banks' infrastructure across Nigeria. Um, and showing that they're very secure. Recently, she, she helped an e-commerce, a big e-commerce firm, find a bug that could cause wow. people to, you know, do a lot of other things on the on the its website. So this is someone Amazing. who didn't know it anything come into the program become such a great ethical hacker that she's hired just immediately she was top overall top on the program overall top on her own path which is pen testing and this girl just needed that opportunity so for me it was just a turning point for me because it just it's opened my eyes to the fact that girls when they get this opportunity they will give it their best shot Absolutely. And they will be the best at it. Yeah. You were talking about ethical hacking. And mm-hmm. I came across that time maybe three years ago. I was in a program. And there was this lady who has a cyber ethical cyber security uh, firm. Mm-hmm. But it's based on a model called post-growth. Because she, she doesn't want to make a lot of money. She just okay. wants to have an impact. Mm-hmm. So how many women, especially African women, are in the ethical hacking space? Um. There's no exactly set number for it because it's, I mean, it's, um, um, ethical hacking is just one little part of cybersecurity and we haven't exactly done good stats with it, but there there are very few women there. Mm-hmm. Um, the, but the women who are there kick sand. I hope that's kind of language that's accepted in the <laughs> nice. podcast. We, okay. <laughs> we overreact over here and definitely we are about to turn ceilings into floors. Exactly. I love it. We love that um, you know, when you were talking I could see the, the passion and you know how that one girl actually changed or means to you yeah. and what you've been able to do. Yeah. Um, Girl, you've done so much. Uh, you know, if you, I went on your LinkedIn. I was like, founder, executive director, <laughs> awards. Da, 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 da. It's amazing. And I just want to share something I haven't shared anywhere. Yeah. I woke up this morning to amazing news. I've been, I've been nominated. I was nominated um, for Cybersecurity Woman of the Year Awards. Ooh. Now, last year, wow. I won that award in the People Choice category. But this year, I've become a finalist in the Woman Supporter of the Year category. So it's like, what? Yeah, and I'm going to Vegas <laughs> to receive the award because oh, I know, wow. um, God willing, I'm going to win it. But you it, win, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just I'm the only African in the category. For example, I mean, wow. it's just beautiful. I mean, for me, my heart is bursting with joy because this is just something I love to do, supporting women, and I've always done that. But right now, just seeing that there's an award that may come out of it, um, and it's not just for the award; it's for what it represents mm-hmm. to other women. It's and a fact, exactly. Exactly, we've been sold this far that women do not support women. But uh, 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 that's not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do support <laughs> ourselves and we are loving it here. And it's yeah. not something we do for fancy. It's something because we do out of necessity because it's very necessary. We need to support each other. Yeah. And it's amazing. Oh, God, we can listen to you all day. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to give you this opportunity to plug your organization. Uh-huh. And having shared, you know, your leadership, your thought leadership in the space, um, you know, just in a nutshell, tell us, like, you know, the, 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 the s- summarize the challenges of your leadership. And if we were to give you a billboard right now, what kind of advice would you give to African girls listening today and want to, to, you know, to go into the tech space. Okay, so um, I definitely will be saying that um, 
um, my organization basically drives um, inclusive and safe digital access across Africa. So our, our mission or our charter is in two parts. The fact that we want inclusion, which means we want more women in, more underrepresented groups in, but we want just about everyone to also be able to access technology and safely do so. The benefits of it um, comes with risk and we have to be also very conscious of those risks. I mean, it's like getting into your car every morning. You know that there's a risk that your brakes could fail. So what do you do? You, you maintain your brakes, for example. It doesn't mean that um you you will just leave it like that okay so we want everyone to be um to be that way and i think one of the challenges we've had is say funding for example mm-hmm. i mean that's a challenge that we are also driving to ensure that we are able to go past it but talking about your billboard right mm-hmm. i would share <laughs> something that i said earlier on <laughs> um it's a lash and that would be that I, if that billboard was given to me i'm gonna put my mantra on it which is good better best i will never rest Onto my good is better and my better is best. Girls out there, I would say that you should always give it your best. Be better than yesterday. You're you're competing against yourself, your vers- the version of yourself yesterday to always trump that. And wherever you are, be the best version of it. it be it in tech or not. But come in here. We need you here. The industry is crying out for you because we definitely need your mind, your wit, your intellect. We need your instincts that come to you naturally. Yeah. You know, all of these beautiful things that come with you being female and fully being that in that space mm-hmm. and owning your power. Yeah. So I would definitely we were saying that that should be what should be. And world. I hope one day we will see that <laughs> billboard. I'll tweet it in existence <laughs> for you. Um, thank you so much. It's been great to have you in the studio. We love what you've shared. Um, you have been listening to the Overreact podcast, which is a space where we openly have those tough questions and have those hard conversations to trigger change. Tune in every Monday right here from 10.30 p.m. Listen to us digitally via SoundCloud on Capital FM Kenya page and also follow the Sister Speaks global podcast pages on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Anchor. Amazing. And girls, before we go, I uh, plug your organization. No, for all, no go follow ma- MAGA. <laughs> what does that mean? Um, don't be a victim of cybercrime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> follow MAGA. Yeah. So it's an organization you founded? Um, it's one of the initiatives on the CyberSafe Foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just to drive, um, um, make, make sure that people are aware about how fraud happens and protect themselves. Okay. And CyberGirls is also available across all social media pa- platforms, right? Yeah. So, so we have CyberGirls Cyber um, mm-hmm. on the CyberSafe Foundation as well. Mm-hmm. So if you follow CyberSafe Foundation um, on Instagram, um, it's CyberSafe um, HQ. On uh, Twitter, it's CyberSafe HQ as well. And then on Facebook is CyberSafe Foundation and LinkedIn as well. Amazing. So uh, interact and follow our conversation on Sister Speaks 254 on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And you have been listening to your girl Momo Hoya. And uh, yeah, uh, we've seen a, you know, a mushrooming of these global tech spaces. Girl, apply. Yes. Yeah, you have, there, there's a space for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And it's your girl, Angelo and Boy, and definitely one thing that I've taken from you, good, better, best. And you've been listening to Lush Angela. Just grab a chair and sit on the table. You deserve to be there. Ladies, and girls, let's, let's overreact. overreact. <laughs>